Welcome back, everyone. We are here with yet another episode, and this one is a special one going into Mother's Day. And so we are going to pay some tribute and some honor to mothers from a scriptural standpoint and give some, um, I think, give some encouragement and some insights uh, from the Word of God to mothers uh, this, this Mother's Day. This would be our gift to all the mothers out there. We love you, and we quite literally would not be here without you. So uh, definitely much love and much appreciation to all the moms out there. Let's uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment on the on the YouTube uh, videos. And uh, for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast, uh, definitely we would like to get your feedback as well. You can do that generally podcast at breadbreakers.com, podcast at breadbreakers.com. That's the email. You can email us, and uh, we'd love to hear your comments and questions as well. So without further ado, let's jump right into some of the text of Scripture that we are going to be going through. We are going to be going through. We will be going through uh, this time around. Proverbs chapter 31 is where we're going to spend a lot of time. So you can... um, you can bookmark that, read it later, go through it, or if you're at a place where you can follow along, you can do that as well. But Proverbs chapter 31 is where we're going to spend a lot of time here, starting with verse 10. Now, this is a very popular portion of Scripture. It talks about the virtuous woman, and um, I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's pretty popular. I mean, I'd be shocked if there's not a lot of uh, messages this Mother's Day where uh, Proverbs 31 doesn't at least come up in some way. But um, if you don't know about it, if you're not aware of it, well, then this would be your first time walking through some of this. But this is the uh, the, the virtuous woman, uh, the uh, this is the NIV, it says the wife of noble character. But let's go through this and let's talk it, you know, talk about it like sort of line by line, walk through it, see what it talks about here as it relates to women, uh, mothers, wives, and the like. So, Proverbs 31.10, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. So, verse 10 opens right up with a wife of noble character. You'll see throughout this thing that the, uh, the primary focus, the focal point of this incredibly noble and and cherished woman is her character. And uh, you'll see at the end, it does not talk much about her physical appearance or things like this, because what God is after, and really what what people are ultimately after, is someone of of high character. Um, As we get older, everybody starts to fade, sag, go gray, you know, all that stuff. Beauty uh, eventually even if someone is incredibly gorgeous, they eventually uh, will not be if they live long enough. And we, it, whereas beauty, outward beauty is not something we should just be like, oh, you, should, you know, just don't even pay attention to it all. Don't even worry about, you know, deodorant, don't brush your teeth. Ah, who cares about all that stuff? Don't, you know, don't eat decent, maybe hit the gym if you want to, to be uh, fit. And I think all that stuff's great. I don't think the Bible has anything negative to say about that stuff, but the Bible is a book of priorities, especially as it relates to God's priorities, and of course God's priorities, um, much more that we would have uh, high character, integrity, and things like that than we would have big biceps. So 
a wife of noble character who can find she's worth far more than rubies. So again, opening right up, it's saying that every this is not every person. Just be, you know, just by virtue of being female uh, doesn't make you this. Just by virtue of having children, you know, this is one of the things that I think a lot of times for Mother's Day, you know, there there are bad moms. Okay, there are mothers who who don't really show much love to their children. They neglect their children. Um, th this is not something that we should just say, well, just because you um, had a child, all of a sudden you're virtuous and you're just, you know, incredibly uh, honored and all this stuff. No, God honors the, the, the mothers, the wives of noble character, those that are, um, th that, that are living according to standards of good given to us by God. And so as we move into this weekend, I think... Uh, there should be a challenge for, for folks that are maybe missing the mark in different areas uh, as a wife or as a mother or whatever, or even if you know, you're know you not a mother yet, but you aspire to be, one day you will be. Um, just remember, just the act of having a child, that just means everything biologically is working, <laughs> okay? Um, it's not the act of having a child that that makes you, you know, some incredibly virtuous person makes you more virtuous, I guess, maybe than someone who murders their child in the womb. Um, but again, this is something that we need to take into consideration as we read through this. The The scriptures are very clear that this is a, this is a rare person, um, and that's why she has all this honor. If this was every single person, uh, this wouldn't even be in the Bible. It'd be like, well, duh, everybody does this. Um, so we need to realize that Mothers who take that next step and they they are good for their children. They they think of their children first. They think of their their husband and they um, they try to honor him and help him and these kinds of things. These are the these are the women that deserve that that extra honor. They deserve that noble you know salute. Mother's Day, we cherish you. That's that's who's deserving of that praise, not just because they happen to have gotten married and have a child. So let's just keep that in mind, and the scriptures bear that out in the very first verse. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Now, I want to go to another scripture here, because there's only a couple of uh, couple of verses in here. This is you know decent chunk of scripture that we're going to go through. There's only a couple of verses that talk about you know the husband or her husband, because it's mostly focused on her. But I want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Of course, this is the, the, the creation narrative where God creates everything. And it says, um, Genesis 2, 18, Then the Lord God said, it is not good. So we have all this, you know, God looked on it and said, it's good, it's good, it's good, right? And then he says, it's not good. Well, what was not good in, in the creation up to this point? It is not good that man should be alone. Wait a minute. I thought he wasn't alone. He had, of course, all the animals. He had direct relationship and communion with God. What is God talking about? He's alone. <laughs> He's not alone. He's got... But see, God recognized that there's something missing in this creation. Even though there's it's perfection here, we've got, we've got all this beauty and wonder, and there's you know, direct relationship between God and man. But God said it's not good. The man is alone. The man should not be alone. Then when God says, look, he says, I will make him a helper fit for 
him. So um, we know that going forward, he then creates woman, creates Eve. And it's interesting that people want to go to the Scripture and be like, oh, see, that's the Bible just teaching that, um, you know, women are subservient to men, and, uh, you know, they're, they're second class, second rate. That, that's not, in the original creation, that is not what, what God wanted. God created a, a king, a lord over creation, Adam, right? You have dominion. Go and you have dominion over everything. Go and rule the earth, that kind of thing. And he created a queen for this king so they could rule side by side, <laughs> right? And in the, in the sense of authority and dominion, yes, Adam had more accountability. Adam had more responsibility, and he had more authority. But you don't find anywhere where God looked at woman in any way as some second class, second rate, you're just you know there to um, to be be an object for man to use to be able to you know further his goals. This word help or helper or help me or what you know what however the scriptures translate it. There are other places in the Bible where this word is used, and I want to go to a couple of them. Psalm 121:1 says this: "I will lift mine eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help." right? Verse 2, Psalm 121, 2, my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. That word help is the same, same word, <laughs> okay? I'm pretty sure the Lord is not some second-rate citizen for man to use as he desires in, in the achievement of his goals. That, that is not the point the scriptures are making. Psalm 124, 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hmm? Does that sound does that sound second rate, second class uh citizen? No, I don't think so. Hosea 13, 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me, who's the me, right? God, is thine help. Over and over through scripture, you can see that this word is not in any way saying that 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 Eve was just some, oh yeah, you're just you're just this. This thing for Adam to, to, to use so he's not alone or whatever, that is not the case. He created this, uh, this side-by-side uh, creation to be with Adam, to be the two coming together as one. That's, how, um, that's actually how God looked at it. And that's why when you go down to verse 24 of Genesis 2, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, they shall become one flesh. God looks at, him, at them as a unit. Okay, you think about a, a unit in the army. Is the commander somehow better, uh, this, this, this dominating force, everybody else is second rate, second class, uh, only a poor commander, right? It doesn't matter if they're a major, if they're a general, if they're a colonel, whatever. Only someone that is a bad leader looks at it that way, right? And so we could use the analogy of a sports team, right? The, the leader, the one calling the shots, maybe it's the quarterback, maybe it's the 
you know, you got a sort of a leader on a basketball team that is is kind of the one that rallies everybody up, and they, they have this leadership position though. People kind of listen to them, and, or if it's the coach or whatever. But you know, on the on the team, there's generally someone who's sort of a captain, sort of a commander, right? The one on the team that's calling some shots. Hey, let's get this to go. And I'm noticing this, you know, maybe encouraging people, maybe, Hey, let's step it up. Given the pep talk at halftime, whatever. But again, is that person somehow more glorified, better than everybody else? No, but they have a different role. Their role is one of leadership. And usually that person is even more accountable. Usually when the team loses, it's like the whole team lost, but this person, right? They talk about this person. <laughs> so that's where that accountability and authority kind of go hand in hand. So that's, uh, that's something I wanted to just mention, is that nowhere does the Scripture um, show that in the creation, in God's ideal, that w- women are somehow second-rate. The um, Scriptures go on, verse uh, or chapter 31 of, of Proverbs, that's where we are. You can, if you're tuning in now, you can go back and watch the rest of it, um, but we are in uh, Proverbs chapter 31. So, verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Now, this is another one I want to dive into a little bit. Good, not harm. The scriptures say in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, we're going to go to verses 32 through 35. 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35. This is Paul in his teaching. You can go through, read through chapter 7. He has a lot to say about marriage and um, husbands, wives, those who are unmarried and everything. Listen to what he says in, um, in verses 32 through 35, though. I, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, and he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of, the, of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in, in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, he is saying to people, you know, if you're unmarried, that's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with being unmarried. You can devote yourself fully to the Lord. Uh, But he is saying if someone gets married, it is a natural, normal godly thing, your interests are divided. You should want to please your spouse. Now that it talks about the man, then it also mentions the woman, goes back and ties to um, Proverbs 31 here, because she brings him good, not harm, all the days of, of her life. The role of a spouse, each spouse, we should go into a marriage saying, I want to please them. I want their good. I want to help them. I want what can I do to help them, build them, encourage them, uh, support them. And if each spouse, both the husband and the wife, go into the marriage like that, it's going to be incredible. I mean, it, but it doesn't say only if your spouse thinks this way, then you think this way too. If your spouse is selfish, your spouse is not at behaving in a godly manner. Your your spouse is you know full of pride. Your spouse is lazy. It doesn't say you know, then go ahead and do whatever you want. So even if the husband misses the mark somewhere, the virtuous wife is still doing her part before God because God is the one who has joined a husband and wife together and commissioned them and made them one. So I think that's an important an important aspect and a good, good note um, for anyone that is married, you know, especially if you're struggling or having issues in your marriage or you're 
you're um, going into marriage, for, you know, not not aware of this. This is something to keep in mind that it sh- we should it should not be a quid pro quo. If you're doing good for me, then I'm doing good for you. That's not how marriage should be before God. It should be regardless of how you behave. I'm going into this because I want your good and I will do for you. And if bo- again, if both people do that, what an incredible marriage. If only one, it can get rocky, but we don't have license to then be uh, less than what we're supposed to in the marriage because the other spouse is. That's why, of course, side note here, in selecting a spouse, uh, it should be done very prayerful, prayerfully. It should be done uh, with uh, <laughs> data mining scripture over and over. It should be done with the counsel of wise people who are both prayerful and in the, in the, in the word, all of this, because it's very serious. It goes on. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Not lazy. Not nonchalant. You know, not on her phone on Facebook 13 hours of the day. You know, doing things. Active. Wool and flax works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She is a hard worker. She is incredible, right? Providing for her family, her her children, her husband, the things of the household that need to be done, right? The primary thing here we see... Uh, bringing food from afar, gets up all its night, provides food for her family. The primary place where the the woman's duties come out, where where she shines, where God has sort of put her, is the household first. It's first in the home, in the household. This is something that America has lost sight of. And again, I don't like, I'm not I'm not gonna get into it. In, in this specific um, podcast, but we are, I am planning to eventually <laughs> do a series on on the family, God's idea of the family and everything, and, and go through this stuff. And I think we might do it there. But if you look back over over the decades, you go back to like the, you know, the 50s and 60s and the time frame where we had a lot of, uh, you know, the, the women's lib movement and and, you know, people going, going buck wild and crazy trying to tear it all down and all this stuff. Um, but since then, since then, has the character, the morality, um, e- really even the scholastic achievement um, of, of children growing up, going to school, going to college, getting careers, vocations, has it improved? Do we have, do we have an, imp- uh, an improvement there in morality? And godliness, righteousness, even for, even if you're not a Christian, are we are we more moral now? Huh? Hmm. Is there more abortion or less abortion? More teenage pregnancy or less teenage pregnancy since that movement in the 60s? Hmm. Interesting questions. More divorce or less divorce? More families ripped apart and destroyed? Psychological damage to to spouses, to uh, to children especially, emotional damage in the wake um, when women started putting other things first before family, things like career or whatever, political aspirations, 
whatever it might be. God's view is that the family unit is first. That is first priority. Uh, parents should take note of that. And of course, we're talking mothers, Mother's Day. Women should should glory in that. They should a woman who, especially one who is in Christ and loves God, should take absolute glory and pleasure in the fact that you are honoring God by putting family first, children first. Now, children get older, and we'll talk a little bit more about this totally awesome wife of noble character. Um, but but while they're there in the home, that is your that is your God given assignment. And so many women want to be it a career or a job, or power, or whatever, or even be it some ministry that's not the home. Well, I want to have this powerful, you know, prayer ministry, and so my children suffer. I want to be out preaching the Word. (coughs) I won't say anything there, right? But the children, right? What, What is going on here? No, the primary, the primary uh, call, the calling of a woman is her children. We'll get into that in the New Testament just to, just a little bit here, but the primary call is the children. The primary assignment, not from men who just want to be part of the patriarchy and keep you under subjection and keep you barefoot and pregnant and blah, 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 all the nonsense, that all the slogans and nonsense that people throw out there that are all false and from actually straight out of the pit of hell. Um, but the picture that God has the assignment God has given is, yes, have a great prayer ministry, but first, tend to your children. First, raise those godly children. And if you're not doing that and you have an awesome prayer ministry, you failed. You failed. Um, you failed on that mission. Uh, the primary mission that God has given you, ladies, listen, listen, is those babies that he has given you for you to raise them unto unto him to be godly children. If you have a powerful prayer network that you are just amazing, your name is is renowned all over the world and your kids have suffered because of it, you failed your primary mission. That doesn't mean God's going to it does not mean God's going to send you to hell, but it does mean he he realizes you failed your primary mission. <laughs> I'm glad you got mission number 2 or and 3 done, but mission 1 you were an utter failure. The home is your mission field. The the home is your mission field. The the children they are your primary assignment from the Holy Spirit, from God, from that, that, that is God, right? That, that is what he has given you. But let's continue. Let's continue because we're talking primary, but that doesn't mean only. <clears throat> so let's go to verse 16 now. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Listen to that. She hits the gym even, right? Finds time to go to the gym. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've always joked around about that. But her arms are strong for her tasks, right? She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. (laughs) This chick rocks. Look at this. She is a business. She's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. No, they they didn't have that word back then. Um, But look at, look at this. I'm sure they had similar things, but look at this. 
She considers a field, buys it. She's out there buying property. She sells it. She makes money, right? Her earnings, right? With that, she goes and makes, she has one business going on over here, buying and selling land. Then she goes and plants a vineyard with the, with the, with the profit, okay? What do you do with the vineyard? Well, one, you can supply stuff for your own your own family, your own household, but then you can turn around and sell, right? It's a business venture. This chick is super, super mom. It's amazing. She works vigorously. Now, over and over, I keep saying this, though. It's not she's lazy. She's No, she's working hard. She's up at night. She's up early in the morning. She's But this is the picture of this incredible woman. This woman is, is phenomenal. Look at this. Um, so again, I'm just going to stop right there. Does the Bible say that women are incapable? Women can't women are less than no, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that some of the, some of the most incredible things that we find in scripture came through women, but God does have an order of authority that he works through. That's it. He, he chose man to be that one that's in order of authority accountable. So that's why you'll see a lot of times leadership positions, Kings were men, you know, this kind of stuff. Most of the prophets, most of them were men because there are certain duties and obligations. You don't get mad at the quarterback because he can't kick a field goal. Well, he's not supposed to. You know, I mean, do, are, are you mad? Are, are you like, this is this is the dumbest thing ever that, uh, you know, the, the wide receiver isn't also on the front line protecting the quarterback from getting tackled. What? 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 This is... Again, the, the, the roles and responsibilities, totally different thing between saying there's different roles and responsibilities. Absolutely, there are. Absolutely, that's true. Versus ability. There's nowhere in the Bible that says women are incapable of things like this. In fact, it's saying this woman is doing this stuff and, and she is commended for it. Commended for it. Okay? You and I think of the men that you know that are running multiple profitable businesses, right? <laughs> I mean, right? No, I mean, this is not a, this is not in any way some second class citizen. But look, it goes on. I mean, you know, can it get any better? Well, yeah, it does. Um, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. This chick is bad to the bone. Okay, she is bad to the bone, and she look at her. She's she's philanthropic. Okay, she she's charitable. She's giving to the poor. So she's making this money. She's doing this stuff, selling land, got the vineyard going, right? Taking care of her household, or the you know the husband doesn't even have to think about anything. I mean, this guy's right. He had paid her, you know what I'm saying? And yet she's not just, it's not just my family. It's not, which again, see, this is the thing. Uh, your primary, primary responsibility, your primary mission field, your primary assignment is your family. But that doesn't mean that doesn't extend outward into other areas. It certainly does. It's take care of those kids and also right? Reach out and do this ministry. Reach out and be an intercessor. Reach out and, 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 and give to the, to, the, uh, to the poor. Reach out and, again, th this is the, the picture. And, and, of course, as we would expect from 
just the other descriptions we already have, planning ahead, thinking ahead, prepared. Oh no, you know, cold snap, what's going on? Already ready. I don't have to worry about it. I don't even think about it. It's already prepared. I'm already, I've already planned, planned for this. I've already got, you know, the clothes are ready. The, you know, we're, we're ready for the cold. We're ready for the rain. We're ready for the heat. We're, because what? Because this chick is capable. <laughs> I mean, man, if she was alive today, we'd be voting her for president and probably saying, hey, let's do away with the amendment with the, with the term limits. Let's, let's keep her going as long as she can because she rocks. Um, but again, this is this is the this is the thing. The picture in the in the Bible is not one that women are somehow, you know, subservient, incapable. Um, all right, let's keep, let's keep going. Verse twenty three. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. See again, you see the husband is in this ruling capacity in the city gate. That's where, uh, you know, the business of the of the of the city. That's where you know plans are made. That's like the government. That's like you know that when, when the when the scripture when Jesus said you know the gates of hell will not will not prevail against the church. It's it's not talking about you know these iron gates. It's talking about the you know the the um, say the political governmental schemes and powers and scheming of the enemy, the plans that he makes in his war room type of thing. Right? It wasn't just like you know this gate. Um, so that, but that's where things were done. You can look through the scriptures, and you'll see that's the case where the elders met in in the city gates. So the the husband is is doing his thing. He is you know a respected noble you know person in his own right. But he is why is how is he able to go and do these things? He's making decisions that's affecting the entire land, right? Maybe even you know the entire country. Who knows what you know? Doesn't really get into it. But well, it says the elders of the land, right? But how is he able to do that? Because he doesn't have to worry about these other things. He doesn't have to worry about these things because they are what? They are a team, right? They are a team. He, they, they are a team and he works in his sphere on this team. She works in hers, but they're, they're accomplishing the same goal. Again, right? The sports analogy, perfect analogy. <laughs> okay. Or whatever analogy you like to use where you have collaboration, people have their individual duties and there are roles and responsibilities that are different but that's that's what is going on here. That is what is going on here. So she makes linen garments and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. I'm getting tired just reading this. <laughs> Buying land, taking care of the vineyard. Now she's um, making linen garments, selling them, supplies the merchants with sashes. Uh, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. See, again, about the preparedness. She doesn't have to worry about tomorrow. Why not? She's already thought 20 years in advance. <laughs> she's not worried about tomorrow. Why would she be worried about tomorrow? Because she's already thought about tomorrow and the next day and a year from now and 10 years from now and 20 years from now and probably her great-great-great-grandkids. Okay, she this, this chick is awesome, phenomenal. I'm getting fired up just thinking about this. This is amazing. She's incredible. And this is all right here in Scripture. This is this is the ideal. God, God has no problem whatsoever with this kind of mode. So women can absolutely be... Uh, have careers. They can absolutely do things uh, in the marketplace, be entrepreneurs. It's not that they can't. It's it, it's the, the order of priority. That should not be the primary thing when they're supposed to be raising those, those beautiful babies. They're supposed to be raising these children. That is the primary thing. Uh, no man can have children, right? Women have a superpower innate 
in them that no man can actually do. <laughs> men cannot have children. Women have that. Men most often do not have, it's not that men can't be compassionate, men can't be emotional, men can't love their children deeply, but they don't have, they just don't have that. I have three kids. Okay, I watch them with, with their mother versus me, and they there is a difference. There's a difference, <laughs> okay? And this is not just my experience. It's the experience of probably everybody listening to this. If you've, you're in a home and you have this, um, and you have children, and this is just the way it is. There's this bond and connection that God made. It's God made and God ordained, and women should be comfortable and know you're in your calling when you are putting your children, your family first. doesn't mean only, but first. You do with what is left over, you do the entrepreneurial work, you do the side business, you do the, you know, the side hustle, you, you know, the career at some multi-billion dollar corporation, that is secondary to you training and teaching and having primary oversight over your children. And if that's not possible, then you don't do that, right? Until those children are up, out, raised, that kind of thing. So here we go because of order of priorities what I'm talking about not not lack of ability I mean there's female CEOs CFOs CIOs COOs CAOs all the C's <laughs> um, all of them and they're they're good okay uh, it's not for lack of ability that's the thing it's not because you're incapable it's because of how God ordained it and things always work better if we do it God's way you can just look at our society. You can look at your individual home and look at the places where you might be doing less than or you, maybe you didn't know before, but now you see that, oh my goodness, I've been doing something against what God wants. Where we go against what God has ordained and set in order, we always do worse. That's just that's just the way it is. Um, so she's, okay, she's making the clothes. She's got the, other, the you know, the, what is it, like the third or fourth side hustle in this, in this thing? <laughs> She's clothed with strength. She laughs at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. See, again, she's wise. Not just knowledgeable. She's wise. She knows how to rightly use knowledge. She's wise. People can come to her for advice and counsel. Um, faithful instruction is on her tongue. She's fine with, with giving advice and helping people and, and delivering that thing. If her husband needs advice on something, needs counsel about something, he's, you know, he's coming home from the city gates and going, here's what's going on. You know, I want to bounce this off of you. She's got something to say more than, well, I don't know that you're, that's the thing. They're a team. Okay. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Again, circling back to she is over that household. She is not idle, not lazy, not again. This is the, this is the picture God is painting. We've already talked about it a lot. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. What children and husband in their right minds would not be praising this woman? They would have to be blithering idiots, <laughs> okay? I say with total respect. But a woman like this, what husband is going to look at her and be like, eh, I mean, that dude is cr cr app, all caps total crazy, all right? Children, same thing. You know, so many women, especially as those children get older, you know, they want their children to love them and respect them and all this stuff. And... There is a respect is a thing that is earned, right? For for husbands too and, and fathers too. Just, you know, again, as children get older, respect, I mean, it's 
Yes, you should honor your mother and father. That's that's scriptural. But that you know that level of respect where it's like, well, when I say something, they, they need to take. I mean, have you earned? Have they seen your wisdom and it actually works? Have they seen you making good decisions where they see you, you know, constantly up, down, up, down, left, right, mm, going here, this is it, that's it. You know, what kind of picture are we painting? Or do you do they see a consistent line of faithfulness and, and wisdom and these kinds of things in their mother? And if they do, they will respect. Now, yeah, they, all kids might go through a little rebellious phase or whatever, but many, many times that whole thing we exasperate because we are we are actually causing more issues because we're not operating out of wisdom and love and faithfulness and these things. A lot of times we're reactionary and this kind of stuff. We're not laughing at the days to come. We're getting smacked by the days to come. And so this is the kind of picture that is being being um, painted for us, but it kind of circles back around to that household is the primary uh, obligation, duty, call from God, assignment from God. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Here we go. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, we see this. Where does all this come from? Where is all this um, stemming from? Her fear of the Lord. She fears the Lord. She sees what God wants. She rightly orders her home, her life, her priorities, according to what? The fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean she's scared of God. Ah! It means that she puts God as the Lord of her life. And when God says, here's what the priority should be, according to my plan, she says, I got you. That's what I'm doing. And a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And even if people around her don't recognize it and don't praise her for it, she will be praised of God. We can absolutely be confident in that. And the final verse here, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Even all those men over there running things in the government, Making decisions for the land, they oh yeah they know they know her. That's right. oh yeah they know, they know what's his face over there. Have you heard all the stuff his wife's doing? Man, what a woman. Okay, that is what it's saying. And again, it goes through and you see all these things that she is capable of. She's got the wisdom. She's given instruction. There's no mental uh, in, in incapability that because she's a woman there's no um there, there's no oh, oh she 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 can't do you know she she business and commerce and finance that escapes women there, no that's not what it's saying nowhere does it say that she has the ability she has the opportunity she is able and capable for all these things but her priorities are rightly ordered according to the word of the lord her family is first. Even with all these abilities and all these things, she says, yeah, I could go, you know, have three more side hustles, but, but I don't because that would eat up too much of my time and I couldn't make my children the priority. My children come first. The household comes first, right? Helping and being that partner with my husband, that is first. And all of these things, they are secondary. Absolutely, I can do them. But I choose to make my priorities ordered of the Lord because I fear Him. Now, again, right? When, when the children get older, uh, I mean, they're probably not going to be in the house all their lives. My, 
my guess is that this kind of woman would not put up with that that you know 32 year old child who's got the failure to launch thing going on. <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, and so the kids are gonna be out of the house. Hey, now she picks up maybe three more side hustles. I don't know. You know, she. This is the thing: is women have this calling and duty and assignment from God, but it is not forever, right? Children grow up and they start their own families and that you only have a certain time frame to accomplish in which to accomplish this assignment from God. And so it is so crucial. Ladies, it is so crucial. Mothers, you are so imperative. You are so crucial. Uh, words do not describe. Words cannot do justice to how important you are and how important it is for you to have those priorities set. They are the household, your children first, partnering with your, you are the queen. He is the king. Together you are ruling, right? And your little sphere, your household, your, your dominion, right? You're doing that together, side by side, hand in hand. That is the top priority. You have children, that home becomes a priority. That becomes the focal point for how long? Un- until all those kids are up, gone out of the house, right? And then what? Well, and then you just sit back, relax, eat bonbons, go to you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the girlfriends. And no, now it's time to do, pursue some of those other things. You've got the mental capability, you've got the ability, you know, in, in whatever whatever <laughs> you want to do, do that, and then help train some of the younger ladies who maybe don't know this, maybe aren't aware. And this is where we'll go to the New Testament, Titus chapter two. Titus chapter 2, verse 1, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Here we go. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be reviled. This is the call of God for, for women. This is the call of God. Can they be industrious? Absolutely. Can they, can they run a business? Can they be entrepreneurs? Absolutely. But the primary duty in the kingdom of God is first and foremost for a younger woman who has children— is that household, and then later to help keep that going, training the younger women to do the same. Now, obviously, that job isn't taking nearly as much time as if you have two, three, four kids in your own house, but that is the assignment God has given to women. Train up those children, raise up that next generation, and then train other women to do the same. Now, I believe women should have powerful, you know, great powerful prayer ministries and 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 have have callings of God and and gifts of the use in the gifts of the spirit and different things but so many women want to do all that stuff and not do the things that scripture has clearly said women should be doing this <laughs> hello priorities that's the thing a healthy church is one where younger women know hey I've got I'm I'm raising the next generation of godly children God's Malachi says God wants godly offspring right I'm doing that. That's my assignment as a woman. 
And then as you, as they get older and the and the yeah they've done it and the kids are out there now they've got their own families and they're now they're training and really along the way as well but now they're training the younger women who now they got those little babies how do I do this what do I do what's my purpose what's my call oh I don't have any sleep you know I can't I'm going crazy I'm about to kill somebody up in here right the young the older women are there to help train and guide and show and this kind of thing how to be what how to be good wives and good mothers. This is God's purpose. This is God's call. This is God's assignment. My question is, ladies, if you're hearing this for the first time or if you're being reminded of this, will we do this? Will the younger ladies take this assignment from God and say, that's what you want me to do, God? That's your will? That's your call? That's your purpose for me? You got it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And will the older women who don't have kids in the home, will they take on the responsibility and say, that's my mission? That's my calling? That Will they do this? Can we look at the landscape of a church, uh, local maybe a lo- local church body, and say that we have all these strong women coming up and, and that are there, and it's because women have not neglected their obligation and calling of God? Or do we look out and there's all this trouble and, and chaos and problems going on in homes and say, oh, maybe, maybe we could do a better job of women training the other women coming up how to be good moms and good wives. Hmm, some food for thought there. Now, just a quick note on uh, single mothers. You don't have that man in the home. This is a reality in our culture. It it grieves me. It grieves my heart. It breaks my heart to see um, single dads, single moms, homes broken by divorce. I mean, it's so tragic and just children disrupted in their lives. But it's a reality. And so what what happens in that circumstance, in that situation? First and foremost, the church should be there for this kind of thing. Training how to be good moms, how to have that, the, you know, the love, the compassion, training your children, what kinds of things should you be doing, working on, that kind of thing. And the church should be there to be a to help and have father figures for those children. Now that's not that you know that's not necessarily on all the men to be running around and asking women oh do you you know are are, are you looks like you're a single mom do you need help with the kids that should be for both parties be observant be aware but if a mom that's, I'm using single moms now again we're talking about Mother's Day a single mother needs that in her in her home and her family she should be seeking out that guidance within the church not running and chasing you know men all the time. Because that can cause people to, <laughs> let's be honest, get someone that is subpar, but it's just someone that's a companion and someone to yell at the kids when she needs to. That is not what should be happening. A godly man who fits the bill that we'll probably be talking more about uh, for Father's Day, but a godly man is what they should be looking for. And someone, again, like I said, marriage is a very serious thing. It should be done with much prayer, much mining of the Word of God, and much counsel from people around especially if you've done it once and it and it ended badly or you had children and you didn't get married right that means bad decisions have happened in the past that means bad decisions are likely to happen in the future so counsel and help is what people need whether man or woman now single moms let me encourage you 
Let me, let me tell you, the church should be a place for you, a refuge. It should be a place that lifts you up and, yes, expects things, expects you to grow, expects you to be the, uh, the woman that your children uh, need, but are there to help, to be the help that you need. But reach out and say, I need help with this. I need, I need direction on that. I need Because sometimes people just don't know you need help. And that's a lot of times the issue. We don't want to ask for help or we don't want to be vulnerable or we, you know, whatever it is, that stuff just has to go out the window and the church should be a refuge and a help for those that are, that, that might be single uh, mothers raising children without the help and the partnership of a husband. So again, I hope this, uh, Hope this from Proverbs chapter 31 has encouraged you. Moms, we do say thank you. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for the for the love, the nurturing, the training, the instruction, the sleepless nights, the pulling your hair out crazy days. Uh, thank you so much for all that you do and know that this is an assignment from God. And above anyone else, if you are a good mother, if you, have, if you are doing what God wants you to do and you're being the mom that God is wanting you to be, I, I, am, I applaud you, but I am telling you, you have God's attention and thanks and applause, and there's going to be some massive honking jewels in your crown. <laughs> I can promise you that. But I'm here to tell you that the church is there for you and should be and, 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 and a refuge for, for all mothers, whether they have a husband or or not to be a place that cultivates this kind of community and these kinds of families being raised up in the kingdom of God. So if you'd like more on this, if you'd like some information about this, if you'd like to talk or, or get counsel, you can reach out to us on Facebook or on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Um, you can reach us podcast at breadbreakers.com, podcast at breadbreakers.com. Much love. God bless you. I want to say a special mwah, love you to my beautiful wife, um, and mother of my three children, thank you for all that you do. You are a, you are a, a, a treasure, a jewel, an incredible, uh, a superhero for sure. And uh, to my mom as well, thanks for putting up with me and um, not killing me. That that was a definite plus. <laughs> if I was uh, in that role, I might have killed me. But thank you. Uh, you are incredible as well, and um, you are uh, both those that I hope that others can look up to and learn from because you're both amazing. Love you. Uh, love this church family. All of you mothers out there, God bless you, and I hope you have an incredible Mother's Day. God bless, and we'll catch you on the next podcast.